Wow! Probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined, as always, by top London radio DJ and certified Japanophile, Mr. Pete Donaldson. Pete, how the devil are you? Hello, Christopher. It's real, it's emotional, it's lovely to be back with you. And I think this podcast is better than being in Japan because you don't have that horrible jet lag for listening. <laughs> <laughs> you sounded really creepy then when you said hello. I don't know why. Hello. Sounded. Yeah, that was it. That's we're, the. We're coming up Pete to Halloween. Voice. We are coming up to Halloween, Chris. So normal Pete <laughs> is going to turn into spooky Pete fairly soon. Oh, did somebody drew me as my Halloween costume um, as uh, Goro Majima from the um, uh, Yakuza set of yeah. games? A beautiful, uh, beautiful really rendition. Good. Yeah, so good. Such talented listeners. It was the best fan art I've ever seen, and I was really envious. I sort of hinted. I left a comment like, oh, this is really good. If only someone were to do one about me. Nothing. Literally nothing. Only you got the super-duper professional-grade quality artwork, so well done. Lucky you. <laughs> uh, I don't. We need to put it somewhere so people can actually see it, because it was on Twitter somewhere. I've saved it down. Mm. So I'll put it somewhere... The Monument of Pete. But it's really nice artwork. Yeah. It's lovely. Well, well done, lucky you. I mean, I presume in your house now, because you've been doing this podcast for a little while, um, cracking on for yep. five or six months, um, I, I, I presume you've set up some kind of Pete Donaldson shrine in your Japanese home. I think you've overestimated my love for you, Pete. <laughs> I, there is I will no do shrine. That. Just I will do that. Our line conversations, our, <laughs> our text messages are the shrine. Yeah. The kind of chasm of ridiculousness with your stupid pictures that you take of london buses and send them over to me there was a um uh, so what have i what have i sent you online i've sent you a picture of a london bus that was getting like um fixed they had like this crane sort of thing that was lifting up a a london bus and there was a guy underneath it and he was fixing it like it was um like a normal car he was just lying underneath it with a spanner but the bus was like up on one end i've never seen anything like it a double-decker london bus doing a wheelie i'm having it (laughs) I live for those photos. I live for those photos. Damn right. Um, you, so, ladies and gentlemen, Pete is coming to Japan soon. In fact, by the time this podcast comes out, you should already be here, actually. We yeah. might even be on the cycle, given there's like a one, two-week delay on this. Yeah. Uh, but you're actually going somewhere else before Japan, aren't you? <laughs> Where are you going, Pete? I'm going to Zimbabwe. Uh, and I'm hoping, yeah. uh, because in Harare, the capital, I think it's the capital. Well, this is Bul- yeah, Bulaway is the second biggest uh, city there, I think. Um for That's a charity right. that I've done a bit of work with before. Um, the problem is, there is a big old cholera outbreak and there's a um, person who was supposed to be on the trip with me who's got cholera. So, <gasps> it's just a lot of cholera around. Um, so, I've had my vaccine. Hopefully, the vaccine that um, is supposed to work 80% of the time will uh, will allow me to, to not 80%? get cholera. 80%? Is yeah. Not really a vaccine, is it, really, oh. in many ways? <laughs> Please don't bring a cholera epidemic to Japan. I'll That'd do what I want. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do what I want, Chris. Another C- <laughs> one for the CV. Yes, yeah. don't, don't bring cholera. That would no. jeopardise the cycle somewhat. But well done, fair mm. play, Mister Mister Charity Man. It would certainly make your it would certainly make your your cycle ride a lot more interesting if you had to do it with uh, late stage cholera, where you're just <laughs> pooping yourself all the time. But yeah, no, it's a, it's a serious problem for the developing world, but. Uh, <laughs> But um, I'm sure Japan could deal with it. 
Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the only pro- this, we don't have problems of that scale here. Today, yeah. the only problem I had was this awkward guy on the Shinkansen back from Tokyo. I was, um, I was in Tokyo today, uh, came, came back to Sendai, it's an mm. hour and a half journey, quite a nice journey. Yeah. And it's pretty busy. I got on Tokyo Station, and you know you get on the carriage, and you, in the carriage you go down the aisle, and you've got three seats on one side and two seats on the other. I, um, mm. I grabbed a window seat on the three-chair seat side, Mm. Sat by the window, uh, and the train, the carriage got filled up really quick. Uh, and there was me, an empty seat in the middle, and some guy came and sort of sat down next to me. <laughs> and he sat down with his bag. He sort of looked to his right hand side to see me sitting there, like downing some sushi, which I just bought. And he sort of like panicked and uh, sort of looked like he wanted to get away really quickly. He stood back up again, even though he just sort of settled down into his seat. He stood back up again and was like desperately looking around for another chair. And he did a really bad job of hiding it and it made me really annoyed. Um, maybe as a, an affliction to sushi or maybe it was just because I'm foreign. Yeah. Probably the second one. It's like, happened quite a lot. I like to think that your flies were down and your willy had popped out or something. You looked you looked a bit like a deviant, that's all. But I like I like that he tried to style it out but just came off really like badly. He just tried Try to style it out and muffed it up massively, and you noticed that he didn't want to sit next to you. Oh, Chris! I'd well, sit he wasn't. Next to you, he mate. did a really. He did a crap job of hiding it. He was like throwing his head around, uh, and the carriage was kind of filling up with people really fast. Like yeah, carriage filling filling up with people, uh, and he couldn't get another seat, and so he kind of relented. He sat back down again, and then he stood up again, looked around one last time. There were still no empty seats, and finally he gave up and had to sit next to me. <laughs> and he, he, rather than putting the bag on the floor or in the overhead space, he had his like rucksack on his lap, and he had his arms around it, clinging to it oh, as though he was God. clinging to like a life, like a life raft or something. Just like <laughs> it was, it was rather surreal. Um, I don't know. He maybe is an odd chap, but it's quite a common thing, right? Just having nobody want to sit next to you because you're foreign. Mm. Uh, sometimes it gets to me. Sometimes it makes me a bit angry. But then I, you know, I can't really hold it against. People in Japan, foreigners are a little bit scary. I'm scary, uh, but yeah, the upside was I got a seat next to me the whole ride, so yeah, swings and roundabouts. Yeah, exactly. But it did annoy me. If, if someone, to be honest, if anyone um, goes to sit down and then goes, I don't want to sit there. I don't mind at all because usually on trains, I like, I like to um, take two seats, have a little lie down. <laughs> I'm such a sleepy boy. You greedy devil. <laughs> you never. That's... I love what everyone does. On like buses and trains, there you put the bag next to you, right? You put your luggage on the seat next to you, and then people walk past awkwardly, desperately needing a seat. Yeah, and then you're like, "Oh, I'm not going to move my bag," unless somebody asks, and then finally someone asks, "Oh, can I sit here?" And you're like, "Yeah, sure, sit down next to me." <laughs> it always happens. It always happens. Not <laughs> I... just Japan, everywhere. <laughs> the good old seat saving technique. Mm. Chuck your bag on it. I also. Um, I mean, I had a. It's been a really busy month. I've travelled to like four different prefectures. I've Jeez. been to Yamaguchi in the south, on the border between Honshu and Kyushu. Mm. I've been to Aomori. I've been to the most northern tip of Honshu in Aomori to look at some tuna. Uh, and <laughs> I recently went to Mount Fuji as well for another video that should be out by the time this podcast comes out. Okay, uh, it's a video where I basically tried to look for Mount Fuji whilst also practicing for the cycle. Did thirty kilometers. You, Couldn't uh, you, see you Mount Fuji. I went Mount there for Fuji. three bloody days. To the number one spot, couldn't see it, yeah, in the clouds the whole time. I was absolutely gutted. I thought, I, I knew it was going to be in the clouds, because you can never see Mount Fuji. Yeah. But I thought I'd at least see it for like ten minutes. And all my friends who I went with, they were smart. They got up at like half six in the morning, Ugh. and they got an amazing view of it. They took loads of photos. Meanwhile, I got up at about 10am, 
And by the time I got up, it was long gone. Um, <laughs> and we couldn't get a single shot of it for the bloody video. Oh, My no. brand new, groundbreaking Mount Fuji video. And not a single shot of Mount Fuji. Absolute <laughs> letdown. There you go. It's um, it's one of the situations where, like, you can see, you can occasionally see Mount Fuji from like a tall building, like Shinjuku or something. But yeah, you get right next to it, and the the, the cloud cover is just crazy. I think I've only ever seen it like once, and that was from a train. Yeah, I was I mean, hiding. You get a really like... good view of it from the bullet train mm. between Tokyo and Osaka, but. Yep, I was gutted. Sorry. I was, I was like, they're going to be the highlight of my month, and it just unraveled <laughs> before me. Well, so. to be fair, Chris, you have climbed it at some point, so you shouldn't be... Yeah, but I didn't see it when I was on it. Well, you didn't see I it, climbed it you didn't my, look down well, at your feet. I mean, it doesn't count. I mean, I'd, I'd been in Japan one year, and I'd never seen Mount Fuji, and then I climbed it through the night, and then I was on the top of it. But it's one of those mountains that... You have to see from a distance, and mm. it just looks so majestic and wonderful. You don't really appreciate it when you climb it, although the view's all right. Yeah. But, but my, yeah, my Fuji video got taken down. Um, a lot of you guys listening have been sending me comments and messages saying, where's your old videos going? Because I've had like maybe six or seven videos have been Whoa. wiped off the last month, and YouTube's just been taking them off. For Stupidly, I used copyrighted music in the early days when I started out. I'd mm. use like songs and things, and like I shouldn't have used copyrighted soundtracks now they've been taken down and so my whole video has gone so my fuji video which i love dearly is no longer there people can't watch it so that's I a li- shame I, li- I like that one because it's it's you basically at halfway up a mountain inadequately dressed <laughs> <laughs> and just complaining Swearing. about how complaining about how inadequately dressed you are um that, that's that is annoying you maybe you should um do like a concatenation a montage of uh, all your old videos um, just like a little best of sort of thing. <laughs> best of yeah, copyright music videos. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, best cut of that videos out. that have been removed. <laughs> I'll do Why some. Not? I'll do. I'll get the guitar out. I'll do some uh, copyright free renditions of uh, some of the greatest hits of David Bowie or something, and then you'll uh, you'll be fine. They'll never find you. The algorithms will never get you. Definitely not. Mm. Definitely not. Because I just. Are you? Can you actually play the guitar, or is uh, it going to be like a really dodgy rendition? I I, I know. The, the main chords. <laughs> when I was in that uh, bar in Fukuoka, there's like a music bar. Uh, the guy sort of went, like, he's clearly a talented guitarist. And he went, and he kept on going, why, I've got a guitar, why don't you sing us, sing us a song? And I was like, I don't, I can't sing a song and I can't play the guitar. <laughs> and then he goes, oh, no. And he gets this chord sheet out. He gets this song sheet for um, Rock and Roll Suicide by David Bowie and hands me it right. and goes, oh, I just can't get the main chorus bit right. And I'm going, mate, it's a C chord and a G chord or whatever it is. It's a really simple chord. <laughs> and he's going, oh, I can't seem to get this right. You need to teach me. And I was like, all right, I'll sing the bloody song. And so I sang Rock and Roll Suicide in that bar <laughs> and played the guitar a bit. And did your rendition get the... Uh... The praise it deserved. Hey, I was, you know what? I was, a, I was a few sheets to the, I was, a, I was a few sheets of the wind, and I was surprised that I could uh, perform. So I wasn't too bad. Let's put it that way. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. I expect a, you should bring the guitar for the cycle. Yeah, I could be like guitar, your minstrel. guitar in one hand, bike in the other. <laughs> I mean, you keep on threatening me with this bike, but um, I just don't see. Have you got like a roof rack for a spare bike? I don't understand how it's going to work because I think you've got another friend joining you at some point, haven't you? On on the old uh, on the old two wheeler. We've got loads of people joining, actually. There's going to be like five or six people, including Natsuki and Ryotaro joining. Whoa! So. Are yeah, they going to be cycling? Fun. should be fun. I still can't believe it's actually happening. <laughs> I still can't believe it's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. How exciting. I how are you going to... I'm, right. I'm just worried about the nuts and bolts. How are you going to get the cycles to the people who need the cycles? Yeah, we're going to have a... We've actually got a support 
car with a guy who's going to be editing and helping with the editing. Yeah. Got like a logistics dude who's going to be sorting out hotels and things. Yeah. So, so there but, are going to be people helping. Yeah, but I, yeah, have, like, I understand the, that bit. The where's the other... How are you going to keep the bike? Is that going to be on the top of the roof of the car or something? Yeah, the yeah, your bike will be stuck <laughs> in the back of a van somewhere. <laughs> and then when you arrive... We will hand you the bike. So, so you've got, work. so you've got like, so you've got like a two That's grand uh, monstrosity of a of a professional bike, and whoever is on the uh, on the other bike will be one of those little um, commuter ones that you fold up put in the back of the car exactly yeah. and that, that's that's part of my strategy to mm. look good <laughs> have the uh, person joining me fall apart on yeah. a little crappy bike exactly me. look at me as you as you do a wheelie off into a <laughs> into a tunnel through a cliff well speaking of um, things getting smaller and being able to hide in the back of a car like a commuter bike Chris big news big yep. news in the video game world I'm excited I don't know about you Sony have announced the PlayStation Classic Retro Mini console uh, straight off the back of Nintendo and uh, yeah Nintendo launching their small retro classic edition mm. Nintendo uh, Super Nintendo PlayStation have pretty much copied them Sony have copied them and on December 3rd to celebrate PlayStation's 24th birthday a new PlayStation Classic Retro Mini console is coming out 45% smaller than the original for $99 with 20 preloaded games in the console including Final Fantasy 7 Tekken 3 and Ridge Racer Type 4 my first Ridge ever console Racer. and that was the first game like I ever actually played as a kid actually when I was um, 5 or 6 years old oh really what, um, what Ridge Racer or just the PlayStation in general well PlayStation in general and Ridge Racer Type 4 mm. was the first game I properly played. And I remember the soundtrack. I remember your little your little chant just then of Ridge Racer. <laughs> I remember that so vividly. I was so excited. I loved the little DualShock controllers. Uh, the console's coming with two controllers in the box so you can play with your friends straight off the bat. Um, but yeah, a lot of people are very excited about this. Others have said that it's a bit exploitative because it's still pretty expensive. I mean, it's $100. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
was mm. uh, for a console that came out uh, 24 years ago, yeah. uh, which I think is about a third of the cost of the original console when that came out in 1994. But I th- I'm quite excited about it. I'm not going to buy it, probably, but hopefully one of my friends will, and then I can play on it, <laughs> which is what I always do. Are so, you going to buy one? Um, to be honest, if I had the chance, I actually looked at pre-orders because... Um, when the mm. mini NES came out and the mini SNES and stuff, or SNES as they call it in, in America, uh, with those two uh, consoles, like they were pre-ordered massively, uh, and they all only did a limited run, and people were selling them for ridiculous amounts of money on eBay. So if I had a bit more of a business mind about me, I'd buy ten of the buggers and get them on eBay because um, they will be the much-needed um, must-have um, Christmas toy. But I don't know when the UK release is. I don't think it's even... Um, I d- I've not seen any pre-orders for it yet, but they will be oh, uh, on everybody's Well, I Christmas think it's list. December 3rd. Yeah. I, th- there's, always, there's always supply problems. Oh, they never have enough. Mm. And they, they always get flipped and stick, stuck on uh, eBay. But, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm well up for this. I wasn't necessarily up. Um, I think PlayStation was the first console I really played on, to be honest. I think, but I, yeah. obviously I was a bit older, um, considerably older, and uh, yeah, playing Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. <laughs> if it's got Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, which I think it should have by rights, um, I'm well in. Sure I am will. in. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 on the PlayStation 1, beautiful. I must admit, when I got the PlayStation, I never really, <sighs> I, I felt like I never really took advantage of it. I never mm. had the best games for it. I had Ridge Race for Type 4. Mm. I can't remember what other games I ever had for the PlayStation, though. I had some kind of small soldiers game, which was pretty awful in hindsight. But I <laughs> defected to the Nintendo 64 about a year or two after that, and then the N64 was the console I spent most of my time on, like yeah. playing GoldenEye and Perfect Dark and Mario. and Yeah, so I never felt like I bonded with the PlayStation as much as I should have, and that's and that's the reason I never had a PlayStation Two, yeah, arguably the best console ever. So, it's 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 sort of yeah. it's sort of less fiddly in many ways. It's I think it's um I think the N sixty four um was a little less fiddly and a little bit more user friendly. The PlayStation, you know, you had to mess around with it a little bit. I think it it was a little bit more. I don't know. It was it was a bit more of a serious machine. I think the PlayStation, but uh, yeah, I, serious I think, machine. Well, the CDs and the stuff like that. It was, uh, yeah. Mm. I don't know, but I. What do you I, think it is? about these consoles that are coming back. Why do you think they're so popular still after all these years? Because the world is crap right now, Chris, and everyone <laughs> wants to be a child again. That's why everyone wants to revel in the, you know, the mulch that is our um our younger days, nostalgia. our nostalgia. It's 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 not healthy, but I'll I'll get involved if it means I can play Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 <laughs> with the original soundtrack. <laughs> I think well, I think it's I think with the uh, the Super Nintendo, the SNES, I think the games still hold up quite well because a lot of the games aren't 3D. Mm. They're kind of 2D, right? They're kind of, there's a sort of timeless quality to them. Like if you play something like uh I don't know, Monkey Island. Yeah. That's not a 3D rendered game, right? Yeah. And it still plays kind of well. Whereas I played uh, Nintendo 64 this year a few times. I played uh, GoldenEye and Perfect Dark, mm. and it really hurt my eyes. I just couldn't look at the screen. Because t- this was the point when games turned 3D, right? Yeah. And the resolution these days, it's just atrocious. And it just, I can't, I can't play it. Whereas with the older consoles, because it's 2D, because they're uh, a, a different kind of different format, a different visual style, it yeah. still holds up in a way that you can kind of play and enjoy. So I think that has something to do with it, as well as the nostalgia factor as well.
And to my surprise, I stumbled across a secret sexy club. Wow. Next article, next story that's got me excited. Pizza vending machine attracts crowd in Hiroshima. (laughs) Those three words excite me a lot. Pizza vending machine. So it's so it's a uh, vending so machine. So it's a vending machine that just dispenses pizza that it's just made effectively. Effectively, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you've you've you've, done, you've you've taken something that's brilliant and made it sound pretty average. <laughs> because to be honest, in hindsight, maybe it is. I, j- I just but nonetheless, <laughs> I just it's still that popular. There's still a crowd of people when it came out. So how did so how did this come about? I, basically, I'm imagining because I've never seen this pizza vending machine in Japan. I'm imagining um, it being hit over here in London or in Italy. And it's just going wrong and spaffing out oodles of hot cheese into people's faces and, you know, burning people terribly. That's what I worry about. I find your lack of faith in the pizza vending machine disturbing. <laughs> also excited about a use, your use of the phrase spaffing out. Well, I that in a while. Yeah. Spaffing has uh, only ever used for one thing, Chris, and let's not go into it. <laughs> right. Especially not in the context of pizza vending machines. No. So, truck driver Yoshiharu Taniguchi... Uh, a truck, yeah, this truck driver apparently was just craving some Italian pizzas uh, when he was just driving around all night through Hiroshima, and for some reason he, yeah, he decided to get one. He rang up some Italian companies uh, and asked them if there is such a thing in right. Italy. It turns out there was, yeah, and he put in an order and they modified it, sent it to Japan, and uh, Bob's your uncle. Now Hiroshima has a pizza vending machine. When it came out, it attracted crowds straight away. There was queues of like 40, 50 people just waiting for this vending machine pizza. <laughs> um, and this, I think this guy has actually now changed his, uh, changed his entire career. No longer a truck driver. He's trying to build a pizza vending machine empire. Could work. Could work. I do think there's a, a solid market in Japan for slightly more reasonably priced pizzas. The other week, I, um, I went out with some friends and I said... I, I kind of vouched to pay for everyone's dinner because mm. I was in a good mood. They'd help me make a video. So I said, I'll, I'll pay for everyone's dinner. Let's get in, you know, let's get in four or five pizzas. And I went to the, a really cheap pizza chain online called yeah. Pizzala in Japan. And it was about $50 for one pizza. Bloody So hell. I was looking at like a $300 bill for, Jeez. you know, six pizzas, which is just obscene, especially given that pizzas in Japan aren't the best quality anyway, yeah. by the standards of Italian pizzas anyway. Um, so in the end, I just took everyone to McDonald's, which was, <laughs> it was it was $50 for like eight people to have a great meal at McDonald's anyway. Yeah. So I do think really? there is a market for more reasonably priced pizza, and this yeah. could be it. This guy might have tapped into something, the future of pizza in Japan. I think anyone in America, like, hearing you say that a pizza is $50, like, would probably be surprised, <laughs> especially if they really like pizza, because, like, pizza's like, you know, you get, like, a dollar sliced pizza. I mean, it's not great pizza, but, you know, you can buy a slice for a dollar. I mean, $50 for one pizza. What was on it? Gold? I don't know why. Golden pizza. I mean, Golden I don't pizza. even know. I don't know why it's so expensive. It's not as if they're importing these pizzas from overseas, no. right? Like, the dough can be made locally in Japan. <laughs> I don't get it. But, yeah, they're really, really expensive. For what is essentially wow. a bread, some, some bread, some tomatoes and some cheese, yeah. to be $50. It's an absolute piss take. <laughs> um, but these, these pizzas take five minutes to bake. They come in uh, two varieties, no less, margarita and four cheese. Mm. And uh, I like the quote, this guy, this truck driver's quote. He says, Japan still has many opportunities. My goal is to spread pizza vending machines throughout Japan from Hiroshima. 
What a, what a great goal in life. It's, it's not a bad little t- <laughs> what twist. What put you on this earth, Yoshiharu? <laughs> Spread pizza vending machines throughout <laughs> Japan. Brilliant. Yeah, I'm, I'm up for it. Life but it, it's the five-minute wait, though. Uh, just, I, I'm not sure I could handle that. When I'm hungry, I'm really hungry. I just want to eat everything. And that's how I order, over-order. Yeah, I don't think it'd work that well. Yeah. You've got 40 people in a queue waiting for pizzas, <laughs> which each take five minutes to produce. What I do know is I will be cycling through Hiroshima in yeah. a few weeks. If all, well, if all goes well. <laughs> if I don't get cholera yeah. from you. No uh, worries, mate. Already sounds like you've got cholera with your bloody coughing. Cholera's not feel, a coughing. <laughs> poor old I, Pete. I always thought cholera was a coughing uh, disease because it sounds like cough, but it's, uh, but it's not. It's, um, it's very much... Um, dehydration and bum bum problems. Brilliant. Watch well, out, don't guys. Bring that to Japan. No, um, I won't. But if we do make it to Hiroshima, if I do make it to Hiroshima, this is on my like hit list. Oh yeah. Providing there's not a big bloody queue with forty people, <laughs> I'm going to find this vending machine, going to cycle straight up to it and get the pizza I deserve, and then we're going to rate it right there and then. Lovely. See if it's actually worth buying. Yeah. Definitely. All right. Well, let's turn our gaze to the fax machine. What have you guys been sending in this week? What have we got, Pete? Uh, well, we got one from Will. Uh, Will says, hello, Chris and Pete. My Japanese teacher is a man in his 40s or so who goes to my university on some kind of exchange programme. His name is Joe. He's a very nice man and is very bright and eccentric. As it got a little bit hotter here and Joe began to uh, wear short sleeve shirts and the like, it became very obvious that his upper body was covered in Yakuza-style tattoos, uh, complex art of waves, fish, mm. flowers, etc., down to where his short sleeves come to, where it is abruptly cut off. Uh, it looks just like any um, Yakuza tattoos you might see if you look them up on Google. He's also talked about being young and riding motorcycles and getting in trouble when he was younger. Should I ever ask him about his tattoos? Should I avoid mentioning his tattoos at all? I'm generally interested in the whole thing, and the tattoos are beautiful, but I don't want to make him uh, uncomfortable or create a situation where he doesn't like me. Oh, Will just wants to be friends with a man who has clearly been expelled from a clan. <laughs> slash country. Well, yeah. Get out! Get He's out of the Tojo clan! You have to go to wherever Will lives and teach English. Teach Japanese. I mean, <laughs> this seems like a no-brainer to me, Will. Just, just say... Are you in the Yakuza? Or do it in a jokey way, you know. Just be like, <laughs> those tattoos look like someone in the someone would have in the Yakuza. And if he kind of, you know, how he reacts, maybe push forward on that. Just be like, <laughs> but are you actually in the Yakuza? Just be direct. I, I wouldn't hold back. I mean, what's the worst that could happen? Oh, exactly. I mean, he's got tattoos that look like they're Yakuza on Google. I mean, that's pretty solid evidence. If he's if he's Maybe lost he's if he's Japan, lost a hand, something went wrong. Yeah, if he's left if he's lost a finger though, I mean that's that's another clue I would say. I'm sure he'll be quite open about it. For crying out loud, he's did, halfway Will across the world. Will didn't mention that, did he? No, he didn't mention Check anything out his about fingers. finger. Check out his fingers. If he's yeah. done something bad. <laughs> but yeah, just 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 ask him, Will. And when you do it, when you get the answer, let us know. I'm quite keen to find out myself. He probably is. To be fair, I'd say it's more likely that he is. Or was in the Yakuza than he's not. Yeah. Because whilst people in Japan do have tattoos these days, it's becoming more and more popular, they wouldn't have a massive, like, you know, full upper body Yakuza-style tattoo. They're more like, would have their name or like a flower. This guy has full upper body tattoos, complex art waves, fish, flowers, etc. I'd say he's he's probably like 70% Yakuza. <laughs> 70% definitely Yakuza. So and find out, the- let us know, put us out of our misery. He Everyone is in his 40s, I guess, isn't he? Uh, yeah, he's probably... I reckon there's a good story to be had there. Yeah. Try and get the scoop. Yeah, don't Maybe right. something went wrong. Nick says, Hey, Pete and Chris. Hope all is well. I wanted to follow up on something that was suggested to you. 
Where is the Ryotaro supervillain movie? Also, Pete, I was wondering, what's your favourite alcoholic drink in Japan? Wow. Good luck with the podcast and the bike. Nick. Do not call me a bike, sir. <laughs> there is going to be no Ryotaro supervillain movie. <laughs> I think we've wrapped that up nicely. It was 20 seconds long. That's all the time the Ryotaro movie needs to be. I don't even think it would work. I don't think Ryotaro's wacky or ridiculous enough to be in a film like Natsuki. With Natsuki, you just stick him in front of a camera and things happen that are funny and interesting. <laughs> Whereas Ryotaro is a bit more just regular, regular guy. I don't think it would work. But more importantly... What is your favourite alcoholic drink in Japan, Pete? Um, I think, I, I'll, just going back to the first question, I think that um, I, I don't consume a lot of um, Japanese sort of films and video games, but the Yakuza series is, is one that I do, um, bringing it back to the Yakuza mm. series. I've got to imagine the character I was, was going to um, cos- cosplay, I was going to Halloween Halloween costume, um, mm. is like this wacky kind of crazy character who pops up at, the, uh, at weird times and, and, and ruins the life of... Uh, of the main character, but the main character is quite handsome, quite stoic, um, quite uh, you know, quite Hollywood. Traits I can uh, I can relate to. Well, I, I was thinking like Riotro is very. Yeah. He's quite good looking. He's quite um, well spoken. He's oh. you know he's quite well turned out. Um, and Natsuki's mad. So I think those two would play off quite quite well. I think it's kind of the Chris Tucker kind of Jackie Chan kind of rush hour kind of dynamic. Oh, I think I'd definitely watch a film with those two together. Natsuki just getting him into all kinds of scripts and him trying to get out of it with his street smarts. I'd watch it. <laughs> I'd, watch I'd watch it. it. But I wouldn't I, film it. I wouldn't want to film it. No, God no. I mean, God, I wouldn't no. want to film that, sod that, but I'd, I'd, I'd definitely watch it. If uh, any of you listening are a budding filmmaker looking for a challenge, Natsuki and Ryotaro, the, the fighting movie. I'm Think sure, I'm sure they'd be up for it. Um, my favourite alcoholic drink in Japan, somewhere between a red eye, which is tomato juice and, and lager, um, that's sure to please. That's horrible. It's delicious. Um, and it's so nice. It's like tomato fizzy juice tomato and juice. Nom, 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 nom. Um, it's not good. There's horrible. This, there's this liqueur that uh, they occasionally drink called Yogurito, and I've only ever seen it in Japan, and it always makes me laugh. A shot of Yogurito, please. They have it in. It's a bit like I suppose like an alcoholic calpis, I suppose. But uh, yeah, it's just a yogurt flavored liqueur, and you just have it, and it just tastes like yogurt. It's quite nice. So I don't know how alcoholic. You know, yogurito just means yogurt, right? So, so yogurito is just Japanese for yogurt. We'll just call it yogurt. Well, <laughs> yeah, yogurt would be a lot easier. Yeah, yogurt. Yogurt is uh, yogurito. Yogurito. Oh, so yogurito, yogurito. Oh, Seems okay, like a, right. a complicated translation. They could just call it yeah. yogurt. I, actually, no, it's called it's. Oh, it's different in America, though, isn't it? Yogurt. 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 So, I suppose that's yeah. You love that <laughs> drink, though. What it's nice. It's good. It's kind of yeah. It's kind of got a milky, milky flavour. Yeah, sparkling. nice. Mm. Delicious. Last comment is from Nick from Canada, mm. and this actually relates to the earthquake that happened in Hokkaido just a few weeks ago. Uh, I didn't. I wasn't affected by it. A lot of people asked if I was affected by it. I wasn't. Although I was kind of near it. Somehow, yeah. I didn't. I didn't feel a thing. I would have thought I would have, but no. Yeah. Um, I was affected by it in the sense that I was going to film something in Hokkaido actually, uh, a few days after, and the train was cancelled. The under the bullet train going under the sea from Honshu to Jeez. Hokkaido was uh, was cancelled. So that was unfortunate. But yeah, a lot of people got screwed, and it's not looking good uh, for the future of Hokkaido in the coming months because nine hundred forty-two thousand people have cancelled their reservations um, for Hokkaido, which is going to cost potentially 29 billion yen. 
Uh, so that's kind of sad. That's one of the worst, probably the worst thing to come out of it mm. long term. Uh, but we've got a comment from Nick who was caught up in it. And he says, hi, Chris and Pete. We've been in Japan for four days of our one month trip. And we've, although narrowly avoiding the Kansai typhoon last week by mere hours, we ended up in Sapporo for the 6.7 point, 6.7 point magnitude earthquake. Jeez. Goodness me, exclamation mark. <laughs> Running water and power have now been out for two days in Sapporo and the city seems to finally be restarting this afternoon. My question to you folks is, have you ever been caught in a mass disaster response, a mass disaster response in Japan or elsewhere abroad? How did you guys fare? Everyone in Japan has been super helpful to us these past 48 hours and a government shelter took us in when hotels had to shut their doors to us. Tourists and loads of and loads of transient salarymen. I'm writing this email from one of the few working power outlets in the JR Sapporo station, killing time while the trains restart. I still don't regret my choice to visit Japan and look forward to the rest of our trip. All the best, Nick from Canada. Very stoic, very upbeat. Well done, Nick. Uh, better than mm. I would probably fare uh, in the face of no running water or power. There was um, there was some criticism over the way they handled the disaster with foreigners actually. Because uh, a lot of foreigners didn't know how to react and yeah. what to do, and the government there was not prepared for this. There haven't been that many disasters of this scale uh, in Hokkaido that I know of in recent decades. So yeah, it was really really caught them unaware. Uh, I've never been caught in a mass disaster in Japan. I was well, I came one year after the mega tsunami in uh, 2011, um, and all I ever saw was the overturned cars along the coastline. When I went there in 2013, I saw the, like, the damage that was yeah. done, and it was, it was pretty bad. But it sounds kind of scary. I was talking to Ryota about it the other day, and it, obviously he lives in, um, he lives in Sendai, uh, which was the closest city, the closest major city to the tsunami. Mm. And he said there was no running water or power for like, uh, for like a week or so, maybe yeah. more. And there was like these trucks that came around and, and delivered water to the houses and stuff. Um, and it just sounded really scary. I mean, he, he sounded quite upbeat about it. But for me, it sounded terrifying. Having no water or power, you know, we take that stuff for granted. We really do. Um, I had no Wi-Fi yesterday because I was out filming in a mountain somewhere. And I was devastated. So to have no <laughs> electricity for a week would destroy me. Yeah. Uh, so fair play to people for handling it. I, will, I mean, I got a few comments from people saying, should I cancel my holiday because of this? And we talked about this a few weeks ago, right, after the um, the earthquake in Kansai and the we had uh, flooding as well, didn't we? And now we've had a big typhoon that happened just before this earthquake and blew away quite a few roofs down Kansai. And I, th- I don't know, I think a few people died in it. But uh, yeah, it's not been a good year for Japan in terms of natural disasters. This yeah. year has been pretty bad. But again, I wouldn't let it get in the way. Japan is very quick at turning around the situation. And Hokkaido is now pretty much back on its feet from what I understand. And they're def- desperately trying to get back the business because 29 billion yen, that's what, what's that? That's about $300 million, just yeah. over $300 million of lost revenue. So that could really hurt a lot of businesses uh, and cripple Hokkaido for this year. So, yeah, I mean, I hope tourists start coming back. And to you, to you guys listening, I'd say don't, unless it's something really, really big, I would say don't let it get in your way, you know. Don't let it stop you coming to Japan. What a serious way to end the podcast. <laughs> but a serious hope, way of ending the podcast. There's I mean, hope there. Nick's experience 
he's going to be able to talk about that for the rest of his life. Yeah. How he's caught up in a horrible earthquake, how he experienced a pretty big earthquake in the aftermath of that. You know, it's a story in itself. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the only upside I can think of, of that situation. Exactly. But uh, if you have any stories from the earthquake or the typhoon or any disasters, natural disasters in Japan, let us know. And if you have any questions to us, guys, do send them in to abroadinjapanpodcast at gmail.com. We'll be back same time next Wednesday. But until then, everyone, have a great week, and we'll see you then. And let's hope Pete gets better. Let's, let's hope <laughs> that cough goes away. <laughs> I hope Fingers it will crossed. too.